The information on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a qualified licensed professional counselor or a qualified licensed medical provider. Hello and welcome back to another session of the Evolving Chair Podcast with your host, Lakeisha Russell, licensed professional counselor, also known as America's number one mental wellness ambassador. And I am the creator of the Evolving Chair Podcast. However, we are looking to rebrand and rename the podcast, but the focus will still continue to be on all things mental wellness in the black and brown communities as we break down the shame and fear through one conversation at a time. And so because I'll have a very special guest with me today, I want to make sure she gets all of her time. And so I won't be doing pop therapy segment today. But for those of you who are new to the podcast, and this is your very first time tuning in, I appreciate you so much for taking the time out and listening into this session on today. But pop therapy segment typically allows me to talk about an article, something in the news, on social media, a movie, a TV show, um, music, and give it a therapist twist to it. So I am going to share a little bit about my special guest today, and then we will hear a word from our sponsors, and I will be back with my special guest. Marquita Johnson is a licensed professional counselor, also known as Millennials Dating Coach, where she has two degrees that allows her to help individuals with practical and spiritual perspectives. She provides counseling in the state of Georgia and has worked as a counselor at Georgia State University, helping students grapple with issues ranging from dating and relationships to family and personal issues. She has answered mental health crisis calls for the Georgia Crisis Line and worked as a psychotherapist for Cornerstone Professional Counseling Center, seeing diverse clients who struggle with various issues. She understands adjusting to change and adjusting to the unexpected. And most of all, she understands the desire to feel better. So next words we will hear will be from my special guest, Miss Marquita Johnson, Millennials Dating Coach. The Evolving Chair Podcast is brought to you by Audible. For your free audiobook download today, go to audibletrial.com backslash T-E-C-P-O-D. Again, for your free audiobook download today, go to audibletrial.com backslash T-E-C-P-O-D. All right, you guys, and I am back with my very special, beautiful guest, Miss Marquita Johnson, licensed professional counselor, also known as millennial, as the millennial dating coach. You want to say hi to the Evolvers, Marquita? Hello, Evolvers. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much, Lakeisha, for having me. I'm excited about our talk today. Yes, I'm glad you said yes to being on the show and sharing your knowledge because we're we going to help people, people's relationships and their relationships with themselves because I think that's where it starts. 
You know, you're all up in in my area. That's that's where I take it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 looking forward to getting into that. Yes. So Marquita, tell the evolvers a little bit about yourself. Um, like what specifically drew you in this world of therapy, and then how did you niche down to focus on relationships and dating? You know, Lakeisha, I always say that, um, you know, when you want something or need something, I feel like it will find you. Uh, someone mm-hmm. wants it, and I don't know, some of the greatest quotes are always, like, unknown, but when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Um, and mm. so I have been into therapy for a decade, and um, I had tried a lot of different things, and uh, a lot of things I liked, and I was like, oh, okay, I could do that, but it was something about walking on a college campus about four years ago that I absolutely fell in love, and I don't fall in love with things like at first sight, but I absolutely fell in love with college students and the atmosphere and um, helping millennials, and it was just like a kind of perfect fit, so to say. But also, I believe that it comes out of my personal experiences and my professional experiences. So it's that P and P, um, P squared. So um, I wasn't the um, best kind of relationship, kind of dating per se experience. Um, I've been married, divorced, dating, single, all of the above, kind of, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> And so it probably was a reason why I kind of did not want to do, like, relationships. I was like, I don't really want to do that. It's kind of complicated. But it actually was, like, really where I needed to be because I had experience personally in it, and I also had a professional experience to back it up. So it really just fit for me. And um, since then, it's just it's been a love. Like, it's really been just a labor of love. I love helping um, individuals and couples uh, rediscover uh, relationships with themselves. I call it the in- intra to the inter. So I deal with the mm-hmm. intrapersonal relationship that the individuals have with themselves um, to effectively deal with their interpersonal relationships that they have with other people. So for my own personal experiences, I started looking at my own habits, how I had behaved in relationships and how that impacted my own relationships. And once I started working on the relationship within myself, I found out that the other relationships greatly benefited from that. And the things that I wanted and needed, I started receiving in relationships. So it just kind of made sense. Mm, I love, love, love all of that. Yeah. One, one thing <laughs> I, I definitely want to um, highlight is how you just shared um, how you were married but then divorced and you kind of went through that cycle of being in a relationship and then being single. Right. Let's touch a little bit on that that divorce piece of, of dating because so how I've heard it, so like my parents um, got divorced back in back when I was like about eighteen nineteen so like I was just transitioning to college at that time and what people say is sometimes you know relationships um, when they have been 
been forever or appear to be forever and then all of a sudden um, they dissolve in a divorce, like that affects the person's mental health. And I can say I, I, I can attest to that specifically with my mom. I felt like, you know, she was, you know, she was not as nice <laughs> um, to us. And and if we can talk a little bit about that piece of just what happens when a divorce occurs and how that affects your mental health. You know, Lakeisha, that's so important, and that's a wonderful question, not one that I'm asked often, but definitely one that I deal with in my counseling and coaching practice. Um, because mm-hmm. out of the experience, I think sometimes we have our greatest lessons um, if we're open to embracing them. And what I figured out was it was a loss. And so we don't really deal with loss well at, at all. Like, um, in yes. terms, like we think about small scale losses. Like when I lose an earring, I'm pretty like, what's the deal? Like I can't wear mm-hmm. one earring. I, what am I going to do with this? So either I sit off and put it off and hopefully the other one will show up. I throw it away, you know. And so sometimes mm-hmm. even in relationships, we're dealing with grief and loss and we don't always recognize that. And so when we're dealing with that, we're going through the stages of loss and grief. Like we're going through those because it's an emotional loss. But the thing about it is physically this person is still around. Like you may still have to parent with them. <laughs> you may still have to go to function. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? So you're suffering a great emotional loss. And I like a lot of analogies. So when you break something, like, you can put it back together, but it's not going to be the same. And so for a lot of individuals that are struggling with um, emotional loss, whether that's due to a divorce or to a breakup, it does impact your mental health. You know, because if you've been connected with this person, raising a family, finances, and all of a sudden that connection is no longer there in that same sense, then it's an impact to your mental stability sometimes. And so I know for myself, I really had to spend a lot of time with myself and do my own work in order to heal from that and not blame or point fingers at someone else or wait on someone else to give me permission to have closure or to have Mm -hmm. healing. I started going about that myself and I figured out that I can live my life in a fulfilling way and not allow a divorce to define me because that's what I was worried about. I was like, oh, you know, I'm a therapist. Um, I'm involved in the church. So what are people going to mm-hmm. think? You know, I'm a single parent and people are going to think mm-hmm. this. And then I started saying, I really don't care what people think. Like, I'm suffering a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to deal with this. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put my life back together and do things um to make myself healthier and whole mentally, spiritually, and physically. And so when I started to focus on that and not externally looking for validation or looking for someone to um, agree with what I did or the decisions that I made, it made my life a whole lot easier. And so now me and my son's father, we have a working relationship. I mean, we're able to co-parent, have conversations, and do a lot of things that we struggle with while we were married but you know now we're still able to rebuild that relationship and be a good model for our child about how to deal with things when they don't go as planned you know how to deal with how to deal with and so I think that's a key part and it's not necessarily that it ended but 
how am I dealing with this loss? How am I able to cope with things sometimes that are outside of my control? So, um, but definitely a great question and, and one that I would um, think that a lot of your listeners would need to know the answer to. So I hope I answered that for them. Yeah, yeah. And um, I would like for you to share, though, Marquita, when you have that individual in front of you who just um, divorced or whatnot, what, like, what's your go-to activity that you usually have them do? Because I, what I see often is that um, when we are in these relationships that we are in for, for like, long periods of time, we kind of attach a, that person to, like, every aspect of our lives, like, oh, they were my motivation to write or they were my motivation to, you know, start losing weight or my motivation to open up this business. And then when you lose that person for whatever reason, it's like that motivation kind of crumbles because you now feel like, oh, you can't do any of this because that person was your motivation. Right, right. You know, one of my favorite things is by um, Brene Brown. She deals with vulnerability. Yes, I love her. (laughs) Me too. It's something that's like we almost cringe even at the word. Like nobody just says, yay, let's be vulnerable. Like let's do this. Um, Even I am like, oh, you know, vulnerability, like it's the B word. Um, And I I really Uh hope individuals tap into their vulnerability in relationships. But in a sense of knowing that when we are vulnerable with someone, we open ourselves up to be loved and and accepted or hurt and rejected. But we often focus on the hurt and rejected more than we focus on the love and acceptance or love and embrace. And what I help individuals do is understand that the responsibility of a relationship ending um, however it ended, it always involved two people. Now, you have an opportunity to take an inventory of what occurred in a relationship, understand what responsibility you own in it, but also understand what responsibility is not yours to own and what responsibility is the other person's to own and their work to be done. We take on other people's work and trash all day long, yeah. and then we're resenting them for it. No, you have to do your work and be responsible for your healing. Now, what they do with their trash and their work, that's up to them, their baggage. And so for me, it was being really clear about claiming my responsibility and saying, this is what you did. This is how you allowed this to go on. Now, are you wanting to do something different? Do you need to do something different? And really identifying if I wanted to do something different, needed to do something different, and working in that. Um Oftentimes, we're not honest with ourselves. Like, we know issues that exist um, within us, and when we're in a relationship, um, that other person's holding that mirror up to us and telling us, or we're seeing it, but we're denying it, we're minimizing it, and we don't want to do the work. Like, we don't want to do the work to grow. Mm-hmm. I found that some of the healthiest relationships have been some of the painful, you know, relationships of recognition or me recognizing, rather, what's inside of me that's being um, brought to the surface by this relationship, especially vulnerability. Because some of us say, I want a real relationship. I want to earn it. I want somebody to ride or die with me. I want this. But in reality, (laughs) we don't want to do the work. Like, we want the result Mm -hmm. without the work. (laughs) We will instant. Just put it in the microwave, huh? (laughs) 
you can't do that with relationships. Like I tell everybody, that's my first thing that I say in my disclaimer. If you find an easy relationship, please Mm -hmm. holler at me. Call me, text me, whatever you need to do, but let me know. Because I said I've been working in the field, and I'm, you know, personally, I hadn't found an easy one, but I recognize I want a healthy relationship. So I focus on individuals having healthier relationships. So just because a relationship ended, that may have not been a healthy relationship for you. So being able to take inventory, look at what happened, look at what you want to do, but getting very clear about your relationship goals, starting with you, like it has it has little to do with another person if you're not clear about who you are and what you want because you'll constantly be changing the fit the other person and then you'll be resentful and mad at them for not being who you wanted them to be or you not being who you need to be because you're being who they want you to be. So I find mm. that that is a lot of the struggle in trying to repair um, and heal from a loss in a relationship and dealing with that transition and that adjustment is people go on the polar opposite. So they either just go all out, you know, and, and mm-hmm. say, like, I'm never been in a relationship. I'll bump everything and everybody, like, I'm just going to do me. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> you know, they go to the polar opposite, you know, so they're either all in or all out when you have to find the balance or the, the harmony for yourself within um, relationships. So they can be beautiful and fulfilling, but it takes mm. work. Anything that you don't nurture will not grow. Yes. And I love how you, you just talked about, though, too, Marquita, about people going to the extremes, and that automatically automatically puts me in the mindset of the automatic negative thoughts of that all or nothing thinking. Right. And, you know, again, when you have those negative thoughts, that alters your feelings and your behavior. So if you are that polar opposite where you just like, either they're going to do all the X, Y, and Z, or I ain't going to give nobody my time. You know, and it's like, (laughs) But who are you hurting in that scenario? Do you think you're hurting your ex? No, they don't care. They moved on with their life. You are a prisoner to their mistakes or their – so it really doesn't make any sense. It's like you are stopping your life and putting your life on pause for somebody else's actions, for somebody else's trash or their um, lack of taking responsibility or owning that. When you have a beautiful opportunity to say, like, what can I take inventory of my wins and losses in this? And what can I learn? How did I grow from this situation? When I do that, um, after a relationship has not gone accordingly, and it really allows me to own myself, and oftentimes I'm not even mad at the result. Like, I'm like, okay, I can deal with this, but I'm getting closer and closer to what I need and what I desire because I'm getting clarity about that as I go along. Yeah, I love that. And, and Marquita, what what does it take for a person to get to that level of self-awareness? Because I think you have to be self-aware, right, when you're in these relationships and you're just like, uh, let me reevaluate that thing. So, like, I'm thinking just me personally, like, relationships that didn't go well and they all, like, you know, it's like a different person, but yet, like, you know, scenarios same seem thing. the same. same, same. And for yeah. me, the draw was, 
Wait a minute, see, you're the common denominator. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, take a step back. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. you know, the next relationship, what you not gonna do or allow, you know, to, to occur within the relationship? And so I had to really look at myself in the mirror. I know many people aren't ready or aren't at that space, but how do they, like, start making steps towards that self-awareness? You know, I, I'm definitely a proponent for therapy. I think it's a great start to really being able to look at yourself and be very honest and transparent with yourself, sometimes so much so that it hurts. Um, I know me as a therapist, I am constantly on the path of growth. So if I see myself misstepping, I don't give myself a pass for that to say, oh, Marquita, you know, that's just how you are. No, I say that can be just how you are, but if you're really saying I want this, but you're still doing that, you have, you have to be okay with that. If you, you know, if I'm saying I want a greater level of relationship, I have to be willing to do the work and to deal with myself and what is it about me in relationships that may trigger or bring up something to the surface for someone else and how can I deal with that? I often work from that family system kind of approach of any change to a system changes the system. So I can say all day like, oh, I want this person to have this and do this and be that. But if I'm not being the one, then I'm not going to find the one. Like I'm going to find a Mm. one maybe for Mm. right now, maybe for tomorrow, but Mm. I'm not going to (laughs) find the one for me. And so for me, I'm Mm. all about finding the one. And so that leads into my book. It's going to be all about. So Come I on. it's so important that we're always checking off a list of other people, what qualities they need, what things they need to have, and you need to come at me correct and have this and have that. Um, but we don't often look at ourselves and say, what is it that I need to have? Like, what is it that I need to get together in order to be ready when this one comes along, so I'm not trying to get ready, you know, when they come along, or I don't miss an opportunity because I'm not ready. Mm. That's a good point. I know. I, I, I love <laughs> <laughs> And then when you, after you write the book, you got to come back and talk about the book. <laughs> I will. Y'all gonna get all of the therapist business. This is not what I intended to be a relationship and dating coach so people can get all of my all of my tea, all of my business. Uh, it's yeah. all of it though, because it's for a good cause. I really want um I really want people to have fun in relationships. Like I started seeing, you know, it's complicated. Oh, you know, dating, there are no good men, there are no good women, like all of this negativity like you were talking about. And I found, like, that's not helpful. Like, if you're going with that mindset, you're often going to find what you're looking for. So if I'm saying there's no good men, there's no good women, trust me, that's who you're going to run into. That's, you know, because you're looking for that. And so you're probably going to attract that kind of thing. But once you start going in it with a different mindset, having positive affirmations over your dating, over Mm -hmm. your relationships, paying attention to who you're entertaining and and the time that you spend with people, the time that you spend with yourself, Mm -hmm. evaluating all of your relationships. So just not the personal intimate ones, but friendships and family relationships, all of those dynamics, because what I think and, and what I feel is that you can take those same 
good qualities that you have in those relationships and apply to your personal, intimate relationships. Uh, but oftentimes we don't have healthy, you know, relationship models, and you may be trying to build this blueprint out of, you know, the air. <laughs> so I think mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. are working from, you know, um, an unhealthy model, and they're trying to make things work. But that's where therapy comes into play is that you can recreate a model. Like, I I firmly believe you can have the relationships of your reality. Forget the relationships of your dream. Like, you can have a relationship of your reality. Like, I someone love that, that um, loves and appreciates you and is there for you and you all are able to grow together and support one another. Visions, hopes, dreams, all of that. And that, to me, is real relationship goals is when I can be in a relationship with someone and appreciate what they bring and they appreciate what I bring in together, we build something stronger, which is the synergy, than we can separately. And um, to me, that's amazing. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. And, again, talking about that vulnerability because it's you being honest with knowing and I love how you said it forget the relationship of your dreams you can have the relationship of your reality and oftentimes we hear that slogan you know like oh I want a relationship of my dreams but dreams Uh, so right right dreams cannot come to fruition right right? if no steps are put in place (laughs) exactly Exactly. No, and I love all of that. And it's like I feel like in this conversation, the root is that vulnerability piece, like being vulnerable with yourself and taking a look in the mirror to be like, hey, well, what am I giving out that's reflective of these relationships? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I I love all of that. So, Marquita, tell us you know, the, the millennial dating coach, like, what, is, what are the foundational pieces of, of this? Because first off, I love this title, the millennial dating coach, you know. So, and, 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 you know, us millennials, right, right. Uh, we, 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 we need the support. Right. You know, uh, it goes back with Tisha to that fun. Like, I want to bring the fun and excitement back to dating. Um all of this, like, is complicated, is this, is that, like, relationships and dating should be fun. Like, it should be exciting. Like, the butterflies, all of the phases of it can be fun and can be enjoyable. But my main focus is to help you spend less time with the wrong one so you can meet the right one. Um, I believe we settle a lot in relationships because of past, you know, history and all kinds of things like being afraid that we won't get what we need and want if we ask for it or if we go after it. And it's just some things are almost like, really? So being very clear about what you want and need in a relationship and being able to attract that by working on you. So I'm from that, you know, mindset that it starts with you and it ends with you. I can't require something of somebody else when I'm not doing it myself. Like, that's hypocritical and that's also a disconnect. Like, I'm telling you, you need to get this together. You need to be right in your mind, body, and spirit. But I'm not right in my mind, body, and spirit. I'm not working on my mind, body, and spirit. So in a relationship, it causes you to grow. And I truly believe that there is not another um, form on earth to where we grow. Like, 
we will mm-hmm. grow in solidarity, but only so much. Like, mm. we need to be in relationship because it causes a new growth in us that we could not do alone. It's impossible to do alone. One thing, I was at a training um, one time, and they were talking like about body dysmorphic disorder. And for y'all, it's pretty much to where you look in the mirror and you see something, even though it's not there. So I was thinking, you know, when we look at ourselves, we can only see a portion of me. Like, I can look down at myself right now. I can't see how my head is looking and if I got something on my face. But you can look at me, Lakeisha, and you can fully see me head to toe. Mm -hmm. I can't Mm -hmm. do that. So sometimes we have blind spots, and it's not until Mm. we get into a relationship that those blind spots are exposed. Now, the key is if we're open to do the work and to hear from the other person, like if we're open Mm -hmm. to hear from them when they say, hey, this is a blind spot for you. And sometimes we're aware of that, but we don't want to be open and have that vulnerability to say, yeah, you know, you're actually right. That's something that I need to work on. It's much easier to say, no, uh-uh, that's not me. That's you. I'm going to go over here, and I'm getting this new relationship because something is wrong with you. It's a lot mm. easier to do that instead of saying, you know what, I do need to work at this. This is an area that I've had some awareness about, or maybe I did not have an awareness about, and it's just been brought to my attention. I have an opportunity to do something about it. But oftentimes, again, we don't want to do the work. Like, we want the results, but we don't want to do the work. Like, I want to get what I want and need, but I don't want to put in the work. So I think that's really, you know, key in helping millennials and that they really want relationships. Like, millennials want relationships, but they don't want their parents' relationships. They don't want their grandparents because they've seen those unhealthy models and they know that that's not what they want. Like, if that's what they, if they're like, if that's what I'm going to get, I want nothing. <laughs> so mm. I don't want anything. And I think yeah. that's why millennials are waiting longer to get married, to have kids, because they really want to make sure, like, okay, this is, you know, it. Like, me and you, we going together like peanut butter and jelly. Like, we're rolling this out <laughs> for the end of time. Like, this is, you know, they want to really make sure that um, they have, like, a life partner, I think, and not just a relationship status. So. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Millennials want relationships, but I think they want those deep, meaningful relationships and not just maybe like our parents or grandparents, like, a relationship on paper, but, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not having relationship goals. We don't talk about you know, our interests and grow together, like, you know, but some grandparents, again, had very stable and healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. My grandparents, for example, they had a wonderful relationship. So those are my relationship goals. They still go out to the Waffle mm-hmm. House together. They laugh. They have fun. Oh. They joke with each other. Those are, like, my relationship goals because I want a partner. I want somebody I can laugh with, I can joke with, um, that will take care of me. I'll take care of them. We can go you know, and really have our separate identity. That's what I appreciate about mm-hmm. them. They have their separate identities, but together as a couple, like their synergy is so strong that they're not requiring that you not be yourself in order to be with me. You get to be yourself and be with me. And I think that's right. Beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Um, my grandparents, so <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, <Grandparent. laughs> So, Marquita, 
when I hear people talk about, um, oh, you know, I, I just don't love them the same anymore or I'm falling out of love with them, what 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 could that possibly mean? What is that reflective yeah. of when when you have those couples that come to you with, with those things? Um, you know, uh, Lakeisha, I, honestly, I deal with this a lot when I counsel mm-hmm. couples. And what I work from is a couple identity, what I was just discussing. So their individual identities often weren't strong, and so they were seeking completion Mm -hmm. in their partner and so what happens Mm -hmm. is when that partner doesn't fulfill that void you know they become resentful and then there's this cycle so what I help couples with is having strong individual identities which goes back to that intrapersonal relationship like being stable Mm -hmm. in who you are um, and not looking for somebody else to define love for you but they can help fill your love tank you know they can help Mm -hmm. uh, support you but when you're constantly looking externally for validation and all, you're going to be disappointed because nobody can be your everything once at the same time. Mm-hmm. No one. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. Um, so I think when you go into it with that mindset, like, oh, this person is going to complete me. They're going to, you know, be my sun, moon, and stars. And then one day they're not. You're going to be looking like, what's wrong, too? Like, what, mm-hmm. what's going on? Um, yeah. And we're human. So we have our off days mm-hmm. just like anybody else. So when you put those unrealistic expectations on a relationship, I think you're setting it up for failure. So I help couples work with their individual identities and strengthen their couple identity. Um, and remove space from in between them. So when couples say that we've grown apart or, you know, we just used to be so into each other, I tell them, you put space and distance in this relationship. But the thing about space is we don't like empty space. Just like we don't like loss and grief, we don't like empty space. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We start filling it with stuff. Um, other mm-hmm. people, uh, hobbies, work, children, school. And before long, like, when we try to connect, we got all this stuff in the way. And so we're trying to communicate, trying to connect, but there's a disconnect because not only have we created distance and space, but we got stuff inside of that space. So we got to address the stuff that's in that space in order for us to go closer together and be more intentional about making steps back towards each other consistently and constantly. So this mm. taking breaks and saying, oh, I'm not working on a relationship today. I don't, I'm not with this. Anybody that knows any type of relationship, you you don't get an off day. Like, there's no, I'm taking a break from this. I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you you, you got to deal with this. So I think that kind of mindset, kind of checking in and checking out, like, no, that's, mm-hmm. that's not how it works. So. You have to intentionally take steps, even sometimes when your significant other isn't. And I think that's the hard thing. So when your significant other may be like, I'm not doing it, and you have to be that consistent mirror because I'm saying I want this relationship to work. I want it to be healthy. So maybe I have to be the person that's committed to being that mirror until my significant other can come on board and see, like, okay, we're moving in a new direction now. Because if both of us – you know, start escalating and keep doing the same negative behavior, like nothing's going to be fixed. Somebody has to say, like, we got to do something different because insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. If I want something Mm -hmm. different, I have to be able to do something different. Just 
that's it. Like, so I work with a lot of couples on strengthening their couple identity, recognizing Mm -hmm. that they're on the same team. So choosing your battles. Mm -hmm. When you're on a team, why are you warring against each other? Like, how is that going to (laughs) help? If you're on the same team, you're fighting battles within yourself. So what's going to happen? You're going to end up wounded and there's going to be tragedy. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, there's nothing else that can happen. You're going to be wounded. And then there are going to be tragedy. So you have to look at what are the real issues in the relationship and how can we go about repairing those in a healthy way. And you may need some help. So you may need an outside individual that's trained, such as a counselor. And I believe in counseling. It's, it's able to work if you allow it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love all of that that you just shared. Yeah. And I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, like that's real. <laughs> it is real, real you know, Relationships are real, and they're mm-hmm. you know the thing about it is they're beautiful and real, and they can be some of the most fulfilling things in our lives if we are able to do the work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Do the work and, and the work being starting with yourself, with being vulnerable yes. with yourself. Yes. Because yes. when you are not, it shows up then and is reflective in that relationship. And, but any relationship as you were stating before too, you know, in your friendship, wherever. Yeah. Any relationship well, is so true. Mhm. Well, Marquita, I can definitely talk to you all day, and I'm I'm gonna be excited for you to come back when you finish your book. Yes, <laughs> so I we can drop some more gems. Yes. <laughs> so you can I'll definitely drop some more. Right. Huh? That's why I love talking about relationships because it just flows. It does. It, it so does. And I truly appreciate you and all the work that you do. And before we, we cut off, will you share with the listeners where they can connect with you at and how can they tap into your services, your products, or they may hear you on here and be like, you know what? She's dope. I need to have her <laughs> speak for something. Absolutely, absolutely. Let me thank you first, Lakeisha, for having me on the Evolving Year. Oh, so I'm so glad to be a guest. Um, it's Yay. dream come true. So <laughs> grateful, very, very grateful to have friends in high places. So um, oh, you can always catch me on Instagram, Facebook, and Millennial Dating Coach. Um, my website, MillennialDatingCoach.com. I'm here in the beautiful ATL. I'm a Georgia peach, so, but I can come to you <laughs> wherever you are. I offer coaching services, of course, worldwide. I offer counseling here in GA, and I am always available to speak about relationships and dating. Um, and my book will be out in December on um, dating and relationships. Yes, yes, I'm excited. And it is entitled Being the One. So it's that play instead of trying to find the one. How about you be the one so that you can be found? So uh, I'm excited about that. Um, and I, I look forward to coming back. Yes. Yes. Definitely. I'm so excited. And now can you 
give the evolvers what are three key ingredients you feel someone needs to evolve and to be able to evolve into their best self? You know, I would have to go with vulnerability. You know, vulnerability, as uh, Brene Brown states, is a strength. Um, Oftentimes we look at it as a weakness because we're exposed when we're vulnerable. But the thing about exposure is exposure can be good. You know, exposure can be good. When we have a wound, we need to expose it to what error in order for it to really heal. We can cover it up and bandage it up. But eventually, it needs air. It needs that element in order to heal. So I would encourage you to learn how to be vulnerable and take that vulnerability walk, which I'm working on myself, about being vulnerable because I feel like vulnerability is the key that we need that unlocks so many doors for us. So um, definitely vulnerability is one. Um, Awareness is another one. So having awareness about issues and concerns that are going on in your life. Check out the Johari window, J-O-H-A-R-I. This can be a tool that can help you kind of expand your awareness about who you are, where you are, what you are, and where you're going. Um, Having that awareness can take you to places that you have not gone before, but we don't want to stop there. After awareness, we need action. So vulnerability and awareness sounds good, but if you never act on it, you might as well count it lost. You have to take action. So if you're saying that you want a better relationship, you want um, marriage goals, you want relationship goals, you want this business, mm-hmm. you have to take consistent action in order to receive that. And that's sometimes in the absence of uh, people cheering you on in the absence of you really seeing um, everything kind of unfold, you have to be committed to it and know that, okay, I want this so bad. Like, I'm willing to give blood, sweat, tears. I'm willing to give it (laughs) all for it. And, you know, sometimes that's what it takes because it's the price that we pay. You know, to be in a relationship, vulnerability is the price that you pay. If you want a deep, meaningful connection, you need vulnerability. You need awareness. Mm-hmm. And you definitely need action. <laughs> so if you want the relationship of your reality, not not a dream, because we want a relationship of our reality, something we can touch, something we can feel, you know, something we can yeah. um, hold on to, then you have to be willing to do the work. So those are the millennial dating coaches, kind of three ways to evolve and I hope that it has helped you um, definitely reach out and I appreciate you again Lakeisha so much for having me you are so welcome I truly appreciate you and all the gems that you have shared and that you're going to come back to share yes. when the book come out in December so I'm yes. so excited yes. about that and I cannot wait so I thank you so much again Marquita for sharing with us millennial dating coaches tips and Jim, yes. all and the keys, all of that. <laughs> I truly appreciate you. And for the evolvers, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with a friend. And you guys all be well. Until next time. Peace. Hey, TC listeners, don't forget to like and subscribe this podcast. It can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And don't forget to connect with me on social media, on Instagram at The Evolving Chair, Facebook, The Evolving Chair, Twitter at The Evolving Chair without the R, and my new email address, podcast 
at theevolvingchair.com. So send in your questions if you are interested in being a guest or want to be on the chair with Lakeisha.